And so we're on to episode three of Careering Out of Control with me, Will Rowe. And, uh, and this week I'm, I'm joined by the effervescent Leslie Crook. She's such a crook, she stole my heart. Uh, she, she didn't, just in case my, my wife is listening. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I'd be surprised she doesn't listen to, to, to much of what I say anyway, so, so that's fine. Leslie is a Microsoft MVP for Yammer. She's one, uh, the only female uh, Microsoft MVP for Yammer in the UK. Uh, she works for Simity as a Microsoft Teams adoption consultant, and she is without a shadow of a doubt the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Um, so uh, I really hope you enjoy uh, listening to what she has to say. Bring on the, a little slice of the nice. So welcome, Leslie, to the Careering Out of Control podcast. Thank you so much for uh, for coming uh, coming on the show. Uh, hugely, hugely appreciated. I'm absolutely chuffed and and honoured to be um, included <laughs> included in the um, the list. And yeah, um, yeah, just delighted to be invited to do this. Really, no, f- fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess, do you want to uh, talk to uh, talk to everybody just and give a, a little bit about who you are and what you do uh, for a living, uh, and then we can we can sort of talk a bit a bit further from there. Okay, thank you. So um, Leslie Crook, my job title at the moment, my job role is a modern workplace consultant at Microsoft Partner um, Simity. I uh, we all work from home at Simity, whether um, the pandemic had hit us, uh, you know, had, had taken hold anyway. So I work from home and I've been pretty much working from home for about the last three years um, and also going off to customers when um, when necessary. And um, I've been an MVP for, I think I'm in my fourth year now as an MVP, more on the user adoption side. Okay. Uh, and when you say uh, user adoption, what? tell me a little bit more about about, I guess, the day-to-day of what you're doing with that? Yeah, so at the moment at Simity, um, we I've been helping to design um, and uh, workshops for the champion community within DWP, which has ended up being called um, the Pioneers Community. That's what they decided to call it, which has turned into be a really um, perfect title for them. Um, but on the so we've I've designed some specific workshops around uh, adoption, which is looking at new behaviours and habits and strategies and resources and tactics to help instill um, the um, just arm them with um, ways that they can support their colleagues and support themselves really um, on understanding um, how teams could be um, a positive change within an organisation and support um, business processes. But the other part of the training that I'm um, that I I own is. Um, Teams owner training, so that's half an hour sessions three times. Has been three times a week for the last couple of months on upskilling um, team owners on the back end um, management area for teams. So, um, but so that's kind of like my my role at Simity is supposed to be fifty fifty, but it's turned into the in the last two months seventy thirty because the DWP program is so audacious and it's a big hairy goal to get teams rolled out over the next um, by the end of January. So the other. 50%, which has actually turned into 30%, is digital marketing for um, for the company. So me being on social media, um, 
uh, writing blogs and um, newsletters and just uh, generally um, posting and sharing um, all good things about Microsoft Teams in um, on Twitter and LinkedIn. Okay. So that sounds like a very broad-ranging role. Um, how, how I guess, how did you actually get to this point? Because, you know, from talking to you, you you haven't come from the through the traditional, I guess, IT route to get to your job where you are now. You, you've come a slightly convoluted and different journey to get there. So, so can you talk us through that? So my background was um, in the global healthcare um, sector. So I worked at GlaxoSmithKline for 23 years, man and boy. <laughs> Um, and I started off there as actually a um, executive assistant in the kind of like the C, what's known now as like the C-suite. And yeah, I did 10 years there. And then I was always the one that was going to be pushing the envelope for better ways of working. Get me away from, I'm not going to show my age now, the fax machine um, and file servers. And But I was always the one putting my hand up to um, volunteer to, um, you know, be that guinea pig to try something new on the tech side. So eventually I ended up moving into corporate, into communications for manufacturing at GlaxoSmithKline. And I spent about another 10 years um, working in communications as a communications, ended up as a communications manager. So I was deep, devil in the detail of distribution lists and email, again, sending out newsletters, um, running um, big events for the senior managers. Um, very, very, very busy role um, because we had um, – a network of about what probably ended up after mergers over a hundred factories. And I was the go-to point. I was at one point, I was basically the man, one of the, the managing directors said to me, you are more well-known than I am Leslie at these conferences. Cause I was the one that was the point of the subject matter experts on how to get communications out because I was the one sending out the communications for the senior leaders and it was all going out in my name and they all seemed to prefer it that way instead of, for some reason, a, um, a named corp, a, a named communications mailbox, which I used to try and ask for, but they used to say, no, they know who you are, so let's leave it in your name. So I used to have to manage these awful, onerous email distribution lists and um, then I ended up, creating SharePoint sites after using front page. Um, right. so, so I started moving into the space of kind of like tech. So we had a newsletter that we used to send out, maybe I think it was quarterly. And then I was suddenly told, which was a printed newsletter. Then I was told by my boss, I, I've heard of a website, one of these intranet things. Can you get one of us? It's one, like of, these one of these intranet things. things. Yeah, honestly, Very she said, technical. she said, <laughs> Can you go away and see if I've heard we've seen that R and D have got one, and we I was in manufacturing. So can you you got six weeks? See see what you can do. So I worked with this tech this lovely guy in IT and R and D, and he helped me get our a, a um our an intranet page newsletter up for manufacturing, and it sort of like went from there. So I was kind of like front page, and it went to SharePoint. Then I became SharePoint queen. Um, but just from the, you know, the user front end, um, and that was at the point where SharePoint was pretty 
awful and check in and check out and pulling my hair out to see whether I actually saved my changes. And it was very, very painful. But time went on. And um, yeah, by the time I ended up leaving GSK, I had I was like the mother of the SharePoint sites across the company. um, And I had to untangle myself from a lot of back end stuff. But equally, I was still the go to person in that part of the business um, on um, kind of like new ways of working. And I would always be the one that would work very closely with the IT guys, but I still wasn't in IT. I'd be the one going to them with some ideas. Can we do this? Can we do that? And um, kind of like unofficially and um, just finding out new ways of working, usually in in SharePoint. Then Yammer came in the back door at GSK through the graduate IT program. They started using it. And then I, in a roundabout way, I must have met one of them and they said, we've got this thing called Yammer um, and uh, I think you might be interested in it. So that's how I ended up finding out about Yammer because it came in through the back way as a disruptive technology. Um, at the time, it was being tested out um, to see whether it would be of use to the organisation. But I ended up being part of the IT adoption team, helping them to to um, support the rollout and nurturing of Yammer in the organisation. And towards the probably in the last six months, I think, or maybe the last year of being at GSK, someone mentioned to me, one of the guys in the States that I was working with from the IT team, he said, hey, look at this, work out loud. And that that was the game changer for me, just those three words. I didn't quite fully appreciate what work out loud was at that point in relation to what the the, the true meaning of it, because um, the person that had coined that phrase, a man called John Stepper, had written a book about it. Um, But just those three words, work out loud, made so much sense to me because that's what I've been doing naturally on Facebook. And suddenly I've got all of these new acquaintances um, that were of interest to me for one reason or another, or I was of interest to them. So suddenly I was helping helping to nurture Yammer across the organization where I had worked in that organization for uh, up to that point 20 odd years, but I only knew people in manufacturing. I, I didn't feel I could be any use to anyone in any part of the organization. Like all of my experience and knowledge had been in manufacturing and um, I couldn't, I didn't know anyone in R&D or sales and marketing or corporate. All I knew was that, that whole realm as the go-to person in manufacturing. But then over the space of six months to a year, because I started getting so deep working in Yammer, I started to have um, really good acquaintances and relationships, professional relationships with people that worked in R&D, in corporate, in sales and marketing. And I started hearing about their success stories and helping them to capture capture those success stories. So I started to really broaden out my um, my network within the organization hugely. So coming, to, we got to the point where we suddenly realized we were half the company was now using Yammer. So that was like 50,000. And we thought, how are we going to celebrate this milestone event? So me and the guys, the three or four guys in the IT Yammer adoption team, we decided that we'd capture some of the success stories. So this is where we went out and to our, our contacts where we know that we're doing some fantastic work. And we captured 10 success stories. And um, by now, I was pretty much um, had a very good relationship with the Yammer customer success managers that were now in um, that were working out of their startup company in offices in Shoreditch, right in, in London, and I was quite I got to know them quite well. Um, 
And they were now introducing me and one of the IT guys that I really work closely in America. And we were being put forward as um, customer success story in our own right from GSK and being asked to now present at, at Yammer events our journey and also our um, you know experience and insights on how we managed to you know get this groundswell, this huge groundswell in a pharmaceutical company. So suddenly we were talking to other pharmaceutical companies, which was kind of like not have been you weren't really allowed to do that before because it was like, are you, you know, it's um, clinical um, secrets and um, usually you don't, you don't do that at that point. But I think insider trading. Yeah. But because we weren't, because we weren't talking about, you know, the next blockbuster drug, we were talking about the next kind of new way of working, which previously had been all about email and file shares and things like that but we were now talking about new ways of working inside that you know that pharmaceutical sector so suddenly we were being introduced to other pharmaceutical companies that were that were trying to work with Yammer but hadn't quite got their head around it and me and uh, my colleague um, Joe were were being put in front of customers um, uh, to, to share our knowledge so it got to a point where Yammer we got over the 50,000 and Yammer ain't wasn't broke ain't broke so my boss said to me in communications right you need to kind of back off from this Leslie I'm still doing all the other uh you know dealing with the the other work that was part of my responsibilities and also doing yammer on kind of like on the side going around different teams and running sessions about helping them to understand the use of yammer and me going into those um those uh uh management sessions get, trying to understand what they're working on how, how they might introduce Yammer into their area um, but equally I was now being told like you, you know great job but um, you need to kind of like focus back on um, uh, you know you can, you can step away from it now and I was a bit like oh there's so much more we could be doing so I, that's at the point where I had this kind of like epiphany that I want to help other companies I want to really uh, work on my work out loud, um, which I haven't elaborated on. It's basically five things. It's sharing your work um, with a purpose, yeah, making your work visible, um, deepening professional relationships, um, uh, and um, bringing, you know, um, continuously learning. And this is where it also comes into having a growth mindset as well which is the propensity to never stop learning to always have um always be curious and um wanting to learn new things and there's kind of more to it than that but we haven't got time to go into that about it now on this call but there's lots and lots of um, information if you uh, if you you know do the search on the internet and just put in working out loud or work out loud about how other companies have picked up on this as well it's it's a real um, real lovely subject to get your head around but um but I suddenly realized there's more I could be doing out there with other companies of what what I've learned from um uh, from the work I was doing at GSK but also the learning I had at GSK was the invaluable learning around um, Lean Sigma, um, Six Sigma as well. That was part of kind of like a mindset within that company as well, um, being learning um, more efficient and effective ways of working and continuous improvement and cutting out wasteful ways of working, which was really important um, because I'd come from that part of the company, which is in manufacturing on the production lines. And so it's cutting out wasteful ways of working in manufacturing and um, um, in the factories. But I took, I read that as a wasteful way of working was email. 
where you could be using Yammer to, um, you know, to get deeper conversations going on in, in the company and the wonderful world, world word of serendipity where um, it, Yammer is wonderful for um, serendipitous conversations, you know, sparks of collaboration and communication across an organization where people would never have met and ideas might never have generated or fulfilled themselves because they didn't know that that person maybe in India and America and Europe were all actually working towards the same thing. But the fact that that it's now suddenly uh, ended up on Yammer as a conversation, they've all connected. So a lot of the stories that we captured, those 10 stories, were about kind of like um, the magic of serendipity because of Yammer and people sharing um, what they're working on. And it is sh- working out loud as well is sharing your work with a view that others might find it helpful and others might help you improve your work. It's that virtuous circle of putting yourself out there, maybe before your work is completely completed, but the fact that you share it, um, others can help you improve your work and then it can turn into something else. So that's, that's basically, in essence, what working out loud is. And it's just being generous it's, it's the generosity of sharing your work that it might not be complete, completely complete and it can be improved. So I've always worked from that. That's been my um, my rock, really, of how I operate. And the fact of being an MVP, being out on social media, um, blogging um, and uh, sharing what other people are doing that I think is impressive, but also sharing some of the ideas that I have around user adoption. So I ended up leaving GSK, had all this knowledge about Yammer, but what I thought I could go out there and be a consultant. But then I went into this fallow period because I was too soon with my um, with my knowledge, and that's what I was I was told by recruiters. You've got a really interesting neat but interesting CV here and experience because of the length of time I'd had in uh, you know in in global healthcare communications, and then this new thing, um, you know, enterprise social networking. Because uh, it didn't have to be Yammer. There was you know other um, other good platforms out there as well. Um, but um, so I didn't quite know how to market myself. But I ended up with the ten stories that we developed within GSK that we used as part of the celebration of that 50,000. But I took those 10 stories and I wrote them up in a generic way and used them as my first blogs on my first blogs on LinkedIn. So I didn't have to name names or anything, but I could just say it was from the global health care sector. This is a story from manufacturing. This is a brilliant one from R&D, another one from how sales and marketing used it to, um, to develop, um, you know, a product, a new product. Um, and then, you know corporate stories as well so I had this 10 stories that I kind of flogged and blogged sort of thing and um and I they were my cornerstone as well and I built into those stories the working out loud ethos as well and then um I ended up working for three Microsoft partners but again it was all a little bit new the the user adoption side of it because um yeah you needed the the technical deployment capabilities um, supported by some degree of kind of understanding on, and training around using how to nurture Yammer inside of an organization. And then about two and a half years ago, Teams, the new sister on the block, started to budge and push Yammer out a little bit. But we now realize that Yammer and Teams are better together um, because Teams is very much a, um, a vertical 
and Yammer is a horizontal across an organization. So teams are, is about working in teams or projects or goals or, in, or um, you know, but mostly in like a siloed approach. But Yammer can go across the organization. But now, you know, Teams is being, the, the envelope is being pushed every couple of weeks with new features. And you can now have teams that can hold up to 10,000 members so in a way, a lot of companies are now saying, thinking they don't need Yammer anymore. And that's that's absolutely fine. A lot of companies are still using it. But in the last two years, um, if not more in the last three months, um, I'm now all, mostly all about, I'm probably 95% Microsoft Teams. And that's and I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. So, um, and I, that's what I train on and I continue to gen up on because there's new things coming um, up in teams all the time. So, yeah, I'm, I've got the, you know, with the adoption team that I work with in Simity, well, the lovely guys there. Um, yeah, we've got our training materials, but we have to be really on the ball and we're probably updating those materials every couple of weeks because Microsoft keep on rolling out more features so so we're looking forward to next breakout rooms um that's going to hopefully be um with us um towards the end of november um i understand they've been used in the educational sector i think they've been trialing them there and they they needed them because of the pandemic sooner rather than later with them um, running student classes so they needed breakout rooms so i think as i understand it they've tested out breakout rooms in them um, with them um, with, with school teachers and students but um we're waiting for breakout rooms to um to come to um the, the rest of the um, uh, so re other businesses can take advantage of them as well. There's been periods in your um, in your life where you have struggled to, to. You were saying you were saying to to find more work um, because you know it was too soon. How did you get out of that? And you know you've mentioned mindset for learning and and, and what have you um, fairly extensively. What? How important is a mindset? Is, is getting the correct mindset for those sorts of down periods? You know, we're in a situation right now in the world where there are a fair number of people who are either furloughed or at risk of redundancy. I'm talking to a lot of them, um, as as and certainly have been this this year as well. How important do you think that mindset is, uh, and what do you think that mindset should be? And, and I guess how did you get out of that period um, of time in your life where you you know you 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 haven't been working? So, as I said, when I left GSK, I did have this, those stories that I helped document and I started to blog about them um, and I got my head around using Twitter and LinkedIn because prior to, to, to leaving the GSK, I'd never, I'd, never, um, I'd never used social media other than kind of like Facebook. Sure. So I suddenly realised that I needed to get a... Um, uh, build up my profile on there and get an understanding of um, how that operates because they're quite different kind of operating systems in a way. One of the things I got onto was actually um, the importance of hashtags, which we all we take them for we take it for granted the hashtag, which is really really important on Twitter, and. It was really, I also found it was really useful in um, Yammer as well, the hashtag. I actually ended up meeting the man that um, invented the hashtag 
at a conference in um, right. somewhere in Europe, Stowe Boyd. I actually met him and I talked to him about my theory of how you could use the hashtag in kind of enterprise social networking inside a company. And we had a lovely conversation about it. But yeah, Stowe Boyd invented the Twitter hashtag. And I was like, oh my goodness, I was so excited that I got to um, chat with him about my theory about this. So, um, so I did kind of blog about that the idea of that quite a bit but this is at a point where I still was out of work I was also um, being invited through connections that I was um, uh, picking up at conferences because I was being invited to speak at conferences for Mm. free but equally I knew I needed to do it for free just show up and present with my knees knocking and you know being really nervous because I was trying to build up my profile and from that I'd meet people and then they'd say oh can we meet for a coffee and then of course I'd meet them for a coffee and spend two hours with them and they'd sit there with their notebook and they'd be scribbling away and taking down all these things that I was saying to them and I was and then they'd walk away with a couple of pages and then often I'd never hear from them again so that was really demoralizing yeah so they were taking your they were using this almost as a free yeah consult consultation basically yeah because i was hoping that they would you know go away think about it and then come back and invite me to perhaps go in and do some consultancy work with them but equally they it was still you know a lot of them were still thinking about maybe bringing the likes of Yammer on board or as it was coming in at the time after, slowly after the Facebook workplace and um, Jive and all these other similar um, uh, platforms around enterprise social networking. And so I was feeling really quite used and, and a bit sad and thinking, I'm never going to work again. It was quite frightening. But all that time I carried on because I was now on this on this steam train and I couldn't get off. And I'd been um, awarded by Microsoft to be an MVP all around this because I had the connections at Yammer who ended up working for Microsoft because Microsoft bought Yammer out. And those early connections of those lovely people, those customer success managers, ended up being customer success managers at Microsoft. Some of the people there, they... um, put me forward to be an MVP because at that time you had to be forward to be an MVP by people that already work at Microsoft um, to be that MVP. So I got I got awarded for the work that I did um, towards the end at GSK and then all the other stuff that I was doing in the community, um, you know, presenting and uh, uh, blogging. Um, but you have to continue that and you get measured on your community effort every year so as I said I'm now in my fourth year but every year I think it's in July we are asked to go onto the Microsoft onto the Microsoft MVP database and prove our worth we have to show um, our how we've generously been helping the community as well so the job I do now bringing this all to a you know bringing it to a close is that the job I have now is just my perfect role and mm. I absolutely love it. The fact that um, it's, a fi- it's supposed to be a 50-50 split between digital marketing and user adoption, because the fact that I'm allowed to be a digital marketeer on social media, I have the utmost pleasure of basically um, watching the feeds that are around Microsoft Teams 
multiplied by the MVP community that I'm a part of, which is a couple of thousands, I think 3,000 MVPs. Not all of, I don't know all of them, but I'm probably following about maybe 1,000 MVPs now, and a lot of them are, um, are you know, following um, what I'm sharing as well. So I learn all the time. Um, you know, in the technical space, especially from, you know, you've, um, the likes of Tom uh, Abothnot and Steve Goodman that are also part of these podcasts. So I follow, yeah. you know, from the technical point of view, because I'm not technical. I struggle with the, the remote control on the television <laughs> so most of the time to get that. Leslie, you can't say that. You, you're no, not allowed to say that on this podcast yeah, because I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Luddite on this one. You, <laughs> you can't be you. <clears throat> But um, but yeah, on on so I'm 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 sharing you know amazing updates and you know what's coming through and what's been shipped from for Microsoft Teams and then the, the actually Simity it's been completely um, a big introduction to me um, not about because it's Microsoft Teams it's not all about the collaboration side you know which is where I came in three months ago I was all about the collaboration side because that's how I'd come in from how Yammer operated but it's now about the productivity tools so it's also planner and OneNote and uh, Microsoft whiteboards and it, at the back ends of teams is share it's all it's the back end is SharePoint and SharePoint you've got one drive that leads into SharePoint um, and then bigger than that you've got Power BI that could be helping you you know um, analyze your data and um, so and the front end of all of this is is amazing you know this this window pane of teams um, but it's also Skype for Business which is being decommissioned in January so I've had to up my game on um, what else Teams is is a part of as well, the unified communications part of it. But it's also with Simity, it's the Microsoft Team Rooms as well, which I didn't really know anything about, the, those conference rooms and the conference phones. So, yeah, the last three months has been – I can't believe it's been three months. It feels like feels like twice as long what, what I've learned um, and that is now part of my um, – yeah, part of how I operate really. I mean, I don't know all of that all of that part of it but it's the the people around me are you know amazing experts in the new unified communication space um the likes of mark vale that and um, randy chapman um and lee ford lee and uh, randy are mvps as well and mark should be an mvp but you know and yeah. that whole commsverse space that i got involved in is helping them with the digital marketing and that how that's how i got um, i met the, the simity directors um you know back in may june time so um but you know on the there's, there's the pros and cons of what i've been up to in the last three three months have been have been immense and the 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 pros are that it's the um having to or the or the, the cons is suddenly I was told, right, your your customer is now the Department um of uh, for works and pensions and that's a hundred thousand people. We're cutting over to teams by the end of the year and we want you to uh, uh, pull out a strategy which um uh, harnesses their champion community. Um, and with that you're gonna have to have another device that you're working on. So suddenly I've got another Surface Pro on my desk or a Surface laptop with um extremely um, complex um, firewalls that I have to get through every day when I just want to kind of have a quick look to see if someone sent me a Teams message or a, an Outlook a message from the project team I'm working on, plus my Simity um, uh, laptop, plus my second screen that I need for training. So 
the trying to get my head around all the new hardware has been terrifying because I'm not very techy. <laughs> so I'm very good on strategy, on user adoption and tactics, and I've created you know quite a few models around this. The kind of like the the, the thinking about it, but then the actual you know, playing with the you know actually getting to grips with. Um, all of the technical side of ha- the hardware has actually been quite scary, and because I'm having to work from home as well, um, it's been it's been quite challenging. But the guys at Simity have been really really supportive to get me up and running. And now, um, yeah, now it's I kind of live and breathe it, and it's all settled down. I've had to up my Wi-Fi um, um, levels and everything, and um, just make sure that all works properly because of running these Microsoft Teams sessions where I've got potentially. Last week I had eighty people on the on the training session that I ran, um, right. so they're quite they're pretty big sessions. And now yeah. I'm just getting on with it, and um, it's it's what I do. But yeah, massive change curve in the last three months. But and it is down to growth mindset of just try something new, and that's all you can do at this time in this in the pandemic that we're in and having to retrain. Even though I ended up, you know, I started the job three months ago and they said, yeah, we want you to be um, on a user adoption team and digital marketing. But I didn't quite realize the growth mindset I would have to put in place with all this other, um, the deep side of being a real trainer um, and um, bringing in um, the, um, the all the steps of the, the five steps of the ad card change management model and, and working through that with a big organization plus using two laptops at the same time and, and a second screen so so yeah it's that that never stop learning really and be yeah. brave be brave yeah so <clears throat> there's, there's one thing I want to talk I wanted to talk about which is um back in the prep session you know and, and obviously we, you and I've spoken in the past anyway but you didn't find it i guess the most natural thing to be putting yourself front and center um in you know by standing doing lots of presentations and um how does that and i know that's been a challenge for you how has that translated into into i guess this role where you suddenly find yourself again front and center of, of, mm. of lots of people um if you're not i guess you're not the most it, it doesn't come up perhaps as naturally to you yeah it it um it's like i really enjoy the the back, the thinking about i'm kind of brainstorming with myself around new ways of working and creating some fun models and things like that but then like the actual having to stand up and present um and be a personality up there in the space of um the mvp community has been really terrifying for me really really terrifying and um but I just had to fear the fear and get on with it. And um, I just kept going. And sometimes, yeah, my um, presentation skills were awful. I know that um, against others that have been doing it for quite a while. And also having to have going through that uh, feeling of what is known now as imposter syndrome, um, that the, the fact that I'm in the MVP community and about, 80% of that community are techie guys or, or now a lot more women because of the way Satya, developed, um, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, has changed the company around. And now there is a lot more women in tech out there and uh, diversity and inclusion and accessibility has been pushed forward um, in, a, in a really lovely way to, um, to, to bring um, 
a whole new array of people forward rather than it being very much white male American um, mm. or being, um, you know, that kind of like very much a beardy community of men. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, so I did struggle at first basically going into those MVP uh, meetup sessions and everyone saying, oh, hi, who are you? And then I said, well, um, yeah, I'm an MVP for Yammer. And basically they would just kind of like go, oh, right, yeah, we don't use that and walk away from me. And I'd just be left standing there on my own. And that happened, like, it happened quite a bit. And it Mm. was really, really, yeah, it was really demoralizing that I felt I wasn't worthy in that community where I'm up against these these technical bods and geniuses that write the codes and develop the products but then slowly but surely a lot of them that I'm really friendly with now I said yeah but it's all very well we can put the products out there but if you don't help help you know the end user understand what it really means to them and benefit them and um, then that product's not going to get used so it's kind of like a, it's, it's very much a different story now, um, and I don't feel since I've been, especially now I've been with um, with Simity and the knowledge that I've picked up in the last, just in the last three months, um, yeah, I'm I don't feel I don't feel imposter syndrome anymore. And the mere fact that you have asked me to um, take part in this podcast is really special. So I really want to thank you for. Um, for believing in me, Will. So thank you. Oh, don't be silly. That's you know, I, I'll ask anyone, Leslie. You know me. Uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> no, honestly, it's. Um, I think you've got a really interesting story, and you know, I think it's. I, I don't personally believe that that there is any one route um, and career path in in technology. Yes, there are there are there are there are gradual steps that people tend to take if they've got a certain background, but you've, you know, you've only got to look at the way that technology is changing um, over the last few years and the speed with which it's changing. And we see people who, you know, look at the power platform suite. That's a a low code slash no code way of of developing. And, you know, and so many um, women are now, yeah, creating power apps and power BI. Yeah. That's another, that's the other route, isn't it? But power app every day. Yeah. There is now a recruiter who is an MVP. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sitting there going, goodness me, that's like a thing, but you know, she's, she's, you know, worked very hard with her community, within her community. Mm. Um, I think she's on the dynamics side and then she's been working on the power platform side. And I just think that that's making technology more accessible. Yeah. Um, it's this uh, idea of sort of citizen developer, um, and and I think that that it's important that we look at perhaps what the stereotypes are and try to explode those because they I don't think they apply in every case anymore, um, and the fact that you know when we look at you and your background and you've come from a non technical background and you're still saying I'm not technical, which is you know which is fantastic, um, and. Uh, you know, I suppose I um, am a bit techy now. Yeah, and considering right, I, exactly. I, I think, the back end, yeah, I run team owners sessions um three times a week. So Right. Yeah. So I can just about spell it, so that's okay. Um <laughs> you know, the um I think I think it's important to show that there are that there are other ways of doing things um that perhaps aren't what you would normally think of, you know, someone starts into support and moves into whatever or starts as a junior developer and moves 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 from there. So um, 
no, it's been fantastic having you on. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you could give, I guess, one or two tips to people that are trying to take control of their career right now, that are perhaps feeling a little bit powerless, um, that would help them with maybe one thing, maybe two things that they could take away from this, what would what would that be, do you think? I think... LinkedIn is a really important space. There's the LinkedIn learning has got the most amazing array of courses on there. Um, and as I said, the power of the hashtag on LinkedIn. So just mm. every, every couple of days, you know, something that you're interested in, a, um, you know, it might be healthcare or if it's um, catering or something like that, follow the hashtags of areas of interest on LinkedIn and, and Twitter as well. And um, if you haven't used Twitter or LinkedIn before, you know, now's the opportunity to spend a bit of time on there and getting an understanding of it. I, if I see something on Twitter that someone's written that I have, that I don't know that name before, then I kind of like naturally jump to LinkedIn and, and have a look, find out more about them and then usually start following them on link on LinkedIn as well. So they are amazing free resources. Okay, on LinkedIn, you you know, if you want to go a bit deeper with it, you need to go up to the premium um, um, subscription. But in a way, maybe do that for a, for a month or something just to get the benefits mm. on it. So um, that would be at this time. Keep an eye on Twitter and LinkedIn and follow the follow the hashtags, follow keywords that are meaningful to what you want to be um, focusing on, maybe in the um, in the near future. And then, and then, once people are doing that, use that to then be looking at learning for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. awesome, Leslie. Thank you so much for taking the time. I genuinely, hugely appreciate it. And um, I, um, I will ensure that uh, that that you know, I, I'm not the only non-technical person on my next podcast. Just to be clear. You know, this is, uh, and you should, you know, you, your MVP community, you should try being a recruiter. <laughs> My word, that's exciting. Um, awesome. Well, look, thank you so much. I hugely appreciate you coming on the show and um, I will, um, I will look forward to speaking to you in the near future. Thanks so much. So over the last uh, 20 years or so, uh, I have spoken to, as part of my job, I've interviewed tens of thousands of people. And I've spoken to senior people, I've spoken to junior people, people whose careers are on the way up, people whose careers are on the way down. And I think that that what has become apparent, certainly to me, is that there are certain steps that you can take if you're looking to take control of your career. And what I would like to do at the end of each interview is just go through that person's experience that we've just heard and actually then start pulling out, uh, and I guess in a, a sort of analysis, uh, the kinds of things that they have actually done. So the five steps I believe that will help you take control of your career are, first of all, knowing what it is that you want. Now, that could be an overall career plan, or that could just be knowing that, that the next role you wanted to get into is, is X. Deciding how to get there and then coming up with uh, some steps that you can do that will actually move you forwards is the second thing, figuring out how you're actually going to get there. The third thing is going the extra mile. Now, that could be throwing yourself into training. That could be um, putting yourself forward for projects, but actually making it happen yourself. The fourth thing is finding your tribe. Now, that's a bit of a weird way of saying, find the people that are really keen and passionate about the things that you are. Find them, 
talk to them. So go to user groups, go to meetups, um, and uh, and and actually start getting to know these people and building your network in that space. And finally, show your experience. If you're looking to move into a new technical area, if you're looking to move up into a new role, people are going to want to see that you can actually do that. So that could be through blogging, vlogging, that could be speaking at events. There's all sorts of things that you can actually do. So when we look at Leslie's career in the light of the, the, the five steps that people can take, uh, it, it's apparent that she has certainly done uh, a fair number of those. Uh, first of all, she identified that she wanted to be doing more with Yammer and more with those sorts of uh, those sorts of technologies, and uh, and she came up with something of a plan of of how to do that, which meant um, spending more time training and upskilling uh, as as part of her job, but also in her own time. Uh, at that point, she moved to uh, to start sharing more about what she knows, uh, and that was in terms of those uh, those ten studies that that she had done. And then from there, she uh, started blogging, speaking at user groups, um, uh, and the payoff from that was that uh, was that she started then picking up work in the space that um, that that uh, she actually ended up getting paid for and working within the Microsoft Partner Network. She's also had a bit of a rough ride at times, which I think she's um, she's she's fairly open about, and having the mindset of. Uh, and the resilience to get through that is something which I think is is probably not talked about I enough. Certainly, when you're you find yourself out of work, it can be one of the most dis uh, disheartening and disconcerting things. Uh, that fear of not knowing where that next paycheck is coming from, or you know, almost am I good enough? Now, with Leslie, she showed massive um, mental fortitude to continue uh, doing all the things that she she was doing in terms of her community led work. And that then has led her to uh, her current company as well, uh, Simity, which, uh, as she said, she, she's really, really enjoyed working for. Uh, so in terms of the steps that Leslie's actually done, she, she came up with, she found out what she wanted to do. She came up with a plan of how to do it. She uh, went the extra mile and, and, and started doing more training uh, to get her there. She also found her community, her tribe, her people, and started spending more time with them, uh, both online and in person. And uh, and finally, she is somebody who has always been blogging and writing about the, the work that she does, and then actually talking uh, at uh, user groups, meetups, and uh, industry events. So thank you for listening to uh, my podcast. Um, it has been wonderful. I hope you got to the end anyway. Uh, if you want to listen to any of the other ones, you can go to uh, careeringoutofcontrol.com. Uh, you can subscribe there. You can also listen to uh, this podcast on pretty much any of your, your favorite podcast uh, stations. So uh, I really hope that you will join us again. Thank you.